Ah. Mama. Mama. We made it. Bang, 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 bang. What it, what it, what it do now? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another incredible episode of the Mama We Made It podcast. This is actually a monumental moment because we have had so many requests to have a female guest. And ladies, let me just tell you, this isn't by design that we hadn't had one yet. To be honest, I was waiting to do this one first, and I'm glad that we had the ability to do it. The guest joining us today goes by the wonderful name of Felicia Latour. <laughs> she is an incredible makeup artist. She is an incredible voice of her culture. She's a blogger. She is a mother. She is an entrepreneur. And most importantly, she's a woman that really has like a dreamer's and a seeker's soul. Um, I think one of the biggest things I connected with Felicia with when we first met was just how open and genuine she was and how unfiltered her emotions were. Like she really wears her heart on her sleeve. Um, and it's beautiful to see somebody do so with such conviction because that, that level of vulnerability like really drew me in just from a standpoint of man, like she is super cool, you know? Um, Felicia, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thanks, the guys. the first female, too. Very, very yeah. awesome. No, this is an honor. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're pumped, so thank you. Thank you for coming. We got Flotus with us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, V, touching on that point, um, being that you move with such intention, um, let's take it back to young Felicia. And what, what were her dreams growing up? Mm. Young Felicia's dreams. Um, I think <clears throat> I can start with I always wanted to be happy. Mm -hmm. um, I always wanted more than what we had as we were younger, you know. Yeah. I think as any kid growing up in poverty would want for themselves. You know, just not, you know, wanting to retire your mom. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to do something that made me happy. You know? So take us through that like family dynamic that may allowed you to kind of see um, and realize that you wanted more. Because I think that it's very pivotal to note that, you know, a lot of people who, who strive for happiness and strive for something bigger than themselves come up in an environment in which, for better or worse, there's a lack of something, Right whether it's growing up in poverty or whether it's growing up in, in different types of communities. Like, I feel like that type of um, seeing those types of things when you're younger makes you yearn for more, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. what, what was that dynamic for you? Um, you're meaning like how it was like in our household or? Yeah, just household mm -hmm. and also just environment around you growing mm -hmm. up. Well, I think, you know, I grew up in Stockton, California, okay. which is a very small, small town. Shout out to the Bay. It's like, that's right. like low-key the outskirts. We're, we're far. Day. We're yeah. far, you know. And we're a city that's, 
small and there's not a lot going on. You yeah. know what I mean? And with the not with lot not a lot going on, that also leads to people doing things that are dumb, like yeah. killing each other or drugs or whatever yeah. it is, you know. I have a single mom with us three kids. Wow. So it always made us want more, you know. I'm the mm. middle child, but I'm basically like the oldest one, you know. Nice. Because so it was it was almost like me and my mom were kinda like the two parents, even if there is a way that like I couldn't work or something because I'm too young. But yeah, I just think emotionally, you know, you kind of take on a lot because you don't want to see your mom like struggling. But it definitely makes you yearn for more. Like, that's why I keep going, because I'm like, I never want to be in that space or have a child that feels the pressure of an adult at such a young age. Like, yeah. that's not tight. Like, that's not our yeah. job. You know what I mean? You felt that at, at a young age? Totally, yeah. yeah. Just pressure of, like, how are we going to get out of here and what are we going to do? Because I always had big dreams. I've always been, my mom calls me the visionary out of the kids because if I see something and I want it, I'm going to go and get it. Like, mm. And I just ask God for guidance and it just always happens, you know? But, yeah, it's like... You want more, so you just go out there and you go and get it. Like, yeah. What were some of your dreams just as a kid? Because mm. um, I think it, it's such a, a pure time when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like when you could really be like, I want to be an astronaut. Like, that's mm-hmm. real. Like, you don't, but you only hear like, <laughs> like first graders or second graders say that. Like, what do you, I want to be an astronaut or, you know. Um, I want to be the president. Yeah, something mm-hmm. really big. And it, I feel, and it kind of sucks, but as you do get older, Unfortunately, some of those things start to diminish when reality hits marginalized. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you things get jaded. Um, things, you know, as an adult pop up that are just unexpected. Mm-hmm. But during that time when your mind is so free as a kid and your imagination is purely wild, you know, for you as a kid, and especially mm-hmm. in that environment, what, what were some of those dreams? Ooh, I wanted to be an ice skater. Christian wow. Oh my God. I would get her books from the bookstore all the time and like, look at the pictures. Like I'm going to be ice skating. So I wanted to be a singer, um, a backup dancer, just a lot of like performing arts mm. type of things. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think once like the way that I look at it now as an adult, I'm like, I feel like I was probably those things in another lifetime. Cause I believe in past lifetimes. And yeah. I feel like those are just part of my spirit that maybe I'm not going to, necessarily do in this lifetime but yeah. maybe in the past lifetime i was probably like a bomb ice skater That's <laughs> lit. Did, you, did you eventually ice skate um like just for fun but okay. not seriously at all like you weren't busting triple axles and no like no because once it came down to it I, it was literally just a dream yeah. you know it was just a dream and it was my fantasy land, you I know, that, yeah. but I would rollerblade and feel like I was ice skating all the time. Oh, that's incredible. Like my elbows look crazy. Because <laughs> <of that> <laughs> <laughs> crazy. <laughs> how was it? How was it looking up to your mom at this point in your life? Because she is a single mother mm-hmm. and you could just tell she's holding it down. But also, you know, that there was something in you that you, you, you became that other pillar figure in the family um, how was that for you? How did it shape you in seeing, you know, because you're seeing the strength of a woman mm-hmm. at such a young age? Because mm-hmm. what what we realize is, you know, my parents split up and got back together fifty billion times, um, and it's not it's not like my dad wasn't there, but I also saw in both of them that I live with my mom mostly, but the fact of ultimate sacrifice Mm -hmm. that parents will do in their own lives and dreams for their children. And, you know, 
sometimes we don't really see it like so. But as we get older, we really start to notice like how much our parents sacrifice. And it, mm-hmm. it really shapes kind of your ambition and your drive because you're like, damn, like if they did all that for me, like, and I feel like, you know, with all parents, their goal is to want their children to be better than them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Happy, independent, but moving forward. How was that? Your mother is a figurehead for you. Mm. She's my mom growing up. I would just watch how she moved. You know, it was always like wake up six in the morning, go to work until 2 p.m. Or she works overtime, which was usually get off at 10 p.m. You know, she just like clockwork. And then on her days off, we would kind of just chill. But she's definitely especially with my work ethic. Mm -hmm. I notice I'm a lot like her because even peace would be like, mommy, are you working? And I'm like, yeah. But it's like you want to be able to give them everything. Like I want her to go to a bomb like preschool and kindergarten, you know, and I think education is so important. So it's like you're going to hustle to make that happen. You know, absolutely. And when I look at my mom, I'm like, dang, she did put a lot on hold. (sighs) And even me as myself, like with peace, there's a lot that I do, but there's also a lot of things that I don't do because it's like. If I do it, I know that that might end up like hurting her or taking more time out of my time with her. Yeah, every you know? decision becomes about yeah. the child at that point. Everything like it's, there's no anything. more you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and us the family. Being, yeah, you know? mm-hmm. and us being child focused. Mm-hmm. Being a mother at that moment, did you um, and, and having a kid? Did that help you better reflect from when seeing it from your mom's stance? <laughs> because I feel like. When people become parents, my friends that have become parents instantly be like, oh, my God, I have the most gratitude for my parents. Like these diapers is like even at the most minimal level of like feeding, caring, watching, you know, changing a baby. That's one percent of the work you put in um, to like look back. I can't believe I was such a a pain in the ass kid growing up. Did you have, have the, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like I would have slapped my ass. <laughs> right. like she grounded me for a month. Fuck that. I would be grounded for a year. Like, it's, it's true. I would have been off this earth. Yeah. 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 Are you kidding me? Like, Lord. Um, but did you have, uh, did you have those, those kind of moments where you reflected on your own mom being a mom? Absolutely. Yeah. Every day I see myself in, in her or I see her and myself every single day wow. literally I'm like dang this is my mom That's dang so this is my mom when it comes to my patience when it comes to the way that I love when it comes to <laughs> so many things I'm like we're the same exact person yeah. like it's crazy right yeah you're literally your parents it's like, wild yeah <laughs> like my mom is the fireball and my dad is like the tranquil calm one you know what I'm saying and like it's crazy how when you're growing up your parents have all these like rules, regulations, and like forced down your throat that like we've lived this life. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tell you no, but we've lived longer than you. Mm-hmm. And the kids, are, kids, and are, kids are always hella rebellious. Like always. I get that, but you don't get it, mom. I know, I know right. more. Yeah, you don't we get swear. it. You don't get it, dad. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. But like, you're so out of touch. It's like, but you get older, and you're like, ninety percent of what they were saying was true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And you just hit this point of like, damn, like, well, I guess you just have to go through it because I find myself now being like Uncle Nushi and just like Papa, Papa Smurf Nushi. (laughs) Right. And trying to like bestow knowledge upon some youngins. And I'm like, damn, dog, I'm really saying this and I know I'm dropping a gem, but I know like 
you're gonna look at me like I'm just some old head. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 29, <laughs> but with a very pronounced receded hairline. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very but I, but I, but I literally just look at it and like I'm talking to somebody. and I'm just like, damn, like I'm coming off like that guy. Yeah. Like whether you get it or not, like fuck it. Like you may find out later, but. Let me just at least like drop this on you. My you sister called me my mom the other day. She was like, "You're acting like mom." <laughs> I'm like, "You know what? Yes, I am acting like mom. <laughs> Damn it! Because what you're doing doesn't make sense. Like, right? do it this way." I'm like, "We know what we're talking about. We've how, been here." How was that being the middle sister, but being like the head of the household, if you will, amongst the sisters? Mm-hmm. Well, no. So I have a brother. A brother. Yes, I have a brother and my sister Natalie. All so, three of us grew up in the same house. Got it. Mm-hmm. But. It, it's always been like that. It's always been, I'm like, I mean, I feel like at least since I could walk, you know, because yeah. at then, you you know, you're not incapable, you're not capable, but uh, it's always been like, that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I've all, it's always, <laughs> it's always. So let's take it to when you started developing like your passions mm-hmm. um, and kind of formulating the ideas of, of what your career path would be. Did that come naturally to you or was it more of like very explorative? Mm, definitely very explorative. Okay. And I feel like there's, you can kind of be, you can be talented at something, but I feel like you still have to work at it. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And there was always something inside of me that enjoyed makeup, like since I was in middle school. But did I think I was going to be the makeup artist I am today? Absolutely not. Like, at that moment, I didn't, you yeah. know, but it, it was definitely inside of me already. It just kind of just needed. So you kind of knew early on that you really had a passion and a love for makeup. I think arts. Arts. Yeah. I think just just arts, like performing arts and, and colors and coloring and just anything that's like appealing to the eye, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. When did when did the the arts become more focused like when did makeup become something that was a little more attainable Mm -hmm. and also when when you kind of made that decision right was it perceived like because when you think of makeup artists especially thinking of like you know from a mother or family like parents perspective they're like well okay like cool but Mm -hmm. are you can can people survive that right, way? Can right. you have a career because we, as a makeup we weren't, artist? Yeah. We're not in that, we weren't in that day and age yet where it was like mm-hmm. super internet takeover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, different careers like that are just put on blast spotlight because you have, you know, different mediums mm-hmm. in which to, to mm-hmm. put the craft out. And it's given such breadth to the ability of, of whatever the creator or um, artist is. But what was that like? Um, I feel like... Wait, make so make your questions small. I'm a a very loquacious motherfucker. (laughs) Um, So, when did when did makeup become real for you? Mm, Okay, so I was going to school for dental hygiene. Okay, Cerritos Community College. Cerritos Auto Square. Yes. Okay. 
I think like that's like right across the street. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. there's two things in Cerritos. Literally, right. you hear Cerritos. the college yeah. right. and Cerritos Auto School. Right. <laughs> like, of course, they're across the right. street. You pass that street, you're out of Cerritos. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. That when I first moved to LA, I was like, "What do you mean you turned to you, you move to LA, LA?" By the way, in 2008, three weeks after I graduated high school. Got it. Mm-hmm. You went to high school in Stockton. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, no. So I'm sorry. I went to high school in Ripon, which is like 20 minutes away from Stockton. Wow. Another really, really, really small town. That's wild. So we went from like middle school had like, you know, maybe like a couple thousand kids in Stockton. But Jeez. when I went to Ripon, it's the smallest town. There's like two two um, high schools, private, public. And then, like, two elementary, like... I literally just had a mental image of, like, a lawn gnome holding the city limit sign to Ripon. Like, <laughs> like the little, like, the little, like, <laughs> leprechaun holding the, the <laughs> welcome to Ripon. Like, the leprechaun's, like, brother that never made it to the limelight. You know what I mean? Side note, sorry. Yeah, side oh like, thanks for the visual. I right. appreciate that. That was yeah. good. Um, so... What what made you move to L.A.? Was it something that you always knew you wanted to do? Or? Um, I just knew I wanted something different. Mm. I knew that I was different. I knew that I was, um, I barely paid attention in school. Yeah. Like, the let's be honest. I just shit. tried to get a 3.0 because I knew that my stepdad would help me with buying a car. I'm nice. like, I told him, I was like, I don't want to do this. Because yeah. I just was so, I was into talking and, and interacting with humans and talking about real spirituality and just doing real things. Did you feel like you were a unicorn in your community? Um, half unicorn, half I fit in because I was I was homecoming queen. So I wasn't too isolated or okay. too not I guess like quote unquote like cool. Yeah. But I was but I'm still a hermit crab. Got you know it. what I mean? So it's like trying to find balance between those two. Yeah. Mhm. That's mm-hmm. why how how was that? Did you feel like even though you naturally fit in, did you feel like you needed to get away and blossom more? Like you you were being held back, if you will, or you were just being contained and you oh, wanted absolutely. to... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What was For that sure. like? <clears throat> because Northern, that part of Northern California, which is the Central Valley, is it's very small and it's very, you know, you have kids and you get married and you're a doctor yeah. and you're this. So at first I was a little bit scared, but my cheerleading coach would always tell me, like, you got to get out of here. Like, you got to get out of here. The world is so big. Like, go and see the world. Mm. And she, we, me and her were very close. You know, my mm. mom worked a lot. So there's a lot of powerful women that I had in my life along the way as well. So Incredible. she just, just kept telling me, like, you got to go. And then finally... I literally called my mom after work and I was like, I'm about to just leave. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, mom, I'm going to pack my stuff and I'm about to just go. Like worst comes to worst, I can always come home. And wow. I've always kept that mentality. And she told me that too. <coughs> and she told me, she was like, you can go, but just know I'm not going to help you. Like you, if you go, you're making this on your own. And I'm like, I can do it. Like I, I had been working like 40 hours a week in high school and a senior, junior, senior in high school. I'm wow, like, what were you doing then? Waitressing, working for a youth, like little youth organization for after school kids. And I worked two jobs wow. and I was in high school and I was just getting it. I'm like, That's well, lit. Mm, let's just, but, and there's still some times of me. And I'm like, damn, I wish I would have enjoyed it more instead yeah. of rushing. But it's like, that's just how my journey is. Like, mm. it's how it always is. I can't go against it. It's Absolutely. Like, what about you your know? friends and your crew? Like, mm-hmm. um, did they have a, a shared mentality about that? Or were they more, we're going to go kind of through the um, 
the systematic way of doing this. We're going to mm-hmm. eventually just stay here in this town. It's like 50 50. Oh. Like my best friend, Ralphie, he kind of did the same thing as me. We were both kind of like, wait, okay. So I was homecoming queen. He was homecoming king. And we were just kind of just both like the eclectic kids, you know, just yeah. like artsy. You can go bounce around to any group. And he kind of did the same thing as me. It's like, you know, he's a host for Univision. And oh, like travel awesome. the world and mm-hmm. done really cool things. So with him, but then I still have friends that still live there, and it's like, you know, kids, family. Yeah, they come school, to the high school reunion and that's with like it. two kids and right you know, ten, like yeah. Yeah. Under or ten, right. Ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So when you first started thinking about um, coming down south after high school, um, why LA and not you know San Francisco, which is <coughs> obviously way closer. Because I've been there before. It's oh. like I've been, my grandmother, like we always bounce between the Valley and the Bay Area because my grandmother lives in San Jose and that's where my mom and my dad are both from. So I was born in San Jose. What really? A Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to middle school in San Jose. So it was like, I've, I've been there. I know what it is. I know what the city is like. I'm like, I want to go to Hollywood. I want to go. Thought of, what thoughts you know? about LA? Like your premonitions about you know, was it stereotypical? Like, I'm going down there, see Brad Honestly, Pitt, Angelina Jolie. You know what? You have to think about it this way, too. Like, it, the internet wasn't that booming at that time. So you can sure. only know, like, what people say. But there wasn't a lot of people that were visiting L.A. by any means. Like, I don't think any of my friends have probably ever been to L.A. when we were in high school. That's you know, wild, yeah. had one one cousin that went. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't we didn't think because we're a small town, yeah, you know, it wasn't like super dream. Yeah, you don't pay attention to it at all. It's like completely different. So when I came here, I'm like, whoa, what the hell is this? Like this place is different. There's yeah. like cameras and there's movie stars everywhere and there's artists everywhere. It's like everybody's their self. And it's not everybody, but yeah. the majority of people are themselves unapologetically you know Mm. what i mean and coming from a small town that's not always accepted you know so i'm like yeah i'm about to just dip like so did you like save up did you come to la with ten dollars in your pocket i had seven hundred dollars okay and i think some of that money was from because i had just graduated (laughs) high school yeah so that was like some graduation money, I think. And I just got what I needed, like a necess- like necessities, a laundry basket, you yeah. know, normal things. And I knew that I wanted to be a waitress because I already had experience. waitressing experience. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like I know I can do this, but I wasn't 18. So you can't serve when you're not 18. Uh, so I'm like, all right, let's, I'm going to just thug it out. Just like slept on one of my friend's couches. And yeah. What was the plan then? I didn't have a plan. Okay. I mean, you just just get down to LA and figure it out. Yeah. Well, I told my mom, "Oh, I'm going to go to school," but I was only going to school because I knew that that would quote unquote make her happy. But yeah. it's like that don't make me happy. So, mm. and I'm the one paying for it. So, at what point do you be real with yourself and you're like, "Okay, I need to do what makes me happy." I'm like, "Mom, I'm going to quit school yeah. and I'm going to try to be a makeup artist." And she's like, my mom's always like, all right. She never really doubts our dreams. She's not that type Got of it. woman at all. That's incredible. Yeah, she's she's pretty open. Like if we tell her this off the wall idea, she's like, yeah, do it. I think you can do it. Go ahead. And you're like, Just oh, put cool. your all into it. Yeah. So so I think I get a lot of my thinking from her as well, for sure. At, so when at what point was that? Like how long did you do school before you were like, you know mm. what? Like not long, like a year okay. because. Yeah, I did a, I did a year in 
dental and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to waste money. And then I was like, I'm just going to put my energy into doing makeup because I would do my friend's makeup before yeah. we go out to the club and, yeah. you know, and I was going out like crazy. So I'm like, school is not going to fit. I just want to have fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit, I just want to have fun. That's all. I just wanted to be drunk all the time. Really? Well, yeah. What part of the city were you living in? Oh, I was living in Long Beach and all my friends lived in North Hollywood, but we would hang out in Hollywood because oh, wow. I'm like, a, I'm 17 and I have fake ID. Like I was living. Yeah, you were popular. I had a gr- fantastic time. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was the there any time. life like that in Stockton or Ripon where you, you were? No. Uh, in no. No. With the no. No. You know what we used not, to do. I'm not saying I'm not saying Hollywood, <laughs> but like, but that just that lifestyle, dude. I mean, <clears throat> I went to Beverly Hills High School. Yeah. I grew up in LA my whole life. Yeah. In high school, you're st- you're doing that stuff. You're going out. Yeah. You're partying. It doesn't matter. But and I figured in, in even in other you know areas like whether it's a suburban area or a small town. Um, there's still an element of partying going out mm-hmm. to whether it's a, you know, the next big town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm always curious to see what that's like versus coming here and being like Hollywood, like the yeah. center focus of the universe. Yeah. Of that shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really crazy because at first you're like, uh, is this real? Like it's, it's very weird. It's very new. Yeah. But then once you start to really, you know, need the dough and you're like, okay, I see what's going on. But it's almost like you really feel like you're in a different world. Mm. Northern California and Southern California should be two completely different states. Yeah. They're way different than one the another. The Bay is way slower. Like, it's way di- Way more family driven. Way slower. Like, But if you go farther out towards the valley, that's mm. like Sacramento. Like going that way is even more different than the Bay Area. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's completely different. Where'd you start with the makeup stuff? Were you taking classes? Like, what was what was your path to? Mm-hmm. You were doing your friends' makeup. Yeah, it was popping. Y'all were hitting the clubs. You're having the time of your life. Young, having fun. You knew it was something you were good at, but you also know that it's competitive. Mm-hmm. So what what was the drive to like want to be great? And like, what what were the kind of the steps that you took? Like, mm-hmm. did you do formal classes or did you just start popping on the internet? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes back to like the internet. It, it was like Tumblr was like starting to get more and more popular. Yeah. So it's earlier time. So I never really even it's paid like 08, it. Oh eight, oh nine, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I never really paid attention to competition. I was because I'm like, well, I don't really know any other makeup artists besides the people that are doing like magazines and stuff like that. But I'm like, I have no idea where they're at in the world. But it wasn't as attainable as seeing a makeup artist um like is when you're on instagram you know what i mean you see them like every time you scroll so fortunately i started a little bit behind it makes me feel like i'm such an old soul like a pioneer (laughs) (laughs) but i just yeah i just started doing my friends makeup i would do my friends makeup in high school same thing and then when I came out here, I would do my friend's makeup. We would go out. And then people started to realize, like, oh, Felicia does makeup. We want to do a photo shoot. It's kind of like when we all started to discover things that we like, things that, you know, we don't like. Just kind of see where our arts are. And, yeah, I just I tried to get a job at Mac forever. And then I finally got a job at Mac. Um, and I still had a little bit of my clientele on the side. Yeah. I stopped working at the restaurant. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, they're not giving me a lot of hours. I don't know how to sell makeup, but I know how to do makeup. Yeah. So I had to like kind of figure that out. That was like the dream job since I was like a kid. Like just wow. walking by the counters like, oh my God, I want to work there. Was it a dream working there? Um, Mac is a really cool brand, <coughs> you know. Um, 
they're a very liberal brand and I think that that's appreciated by a lot of just people and artists in general but I think I got what I needed to learn from them which is because I've never been to a makeup school they yeah. taught me like how to clean brushes and the certain parts of a brushes so I what I needed from them was more of education you know mm. and, and you're getting paid to learn right exactly and then I get to practice on all these faces every single day so that was almost my school and I had a lot of sisters that you know worked at the counter that all were helpful that have helped me so much with just certain techniques and watching how they do things. Um, even now I still keep in contact with a lot of them, but yeah, so that I did that. And then finally I was like, I got to quit because I don't want to sell makeup. I want to do art. Like I'm an artist. Mm. I did not know what I was going to do. Yeah. I had probably like five loyal clients. And then my first, celebrity client was Shamar Moore because my thing was like I want to be a celebrity makeup artist Shamar Moore yes how crazy how random too pretty for life more too pretty I'm like what what does this man want me to put on his face this whole (laughs) mannequin challenge I'm like (laughs) such a beautiful human being you know but that was my first client for my friend Sam that was a photographer and I think I met him you know so then I started to understand the importance of word of mouth because like I said the internet is not as booming you know social wise in this year so i just kept on fucking running how was that like take us through that like, yeah because that must have been um, a whirlwind at that time yeah 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 go it's yeah. like so yeah go yeah <laughs> i was i was about no. to say something yeah, go. i was like go on <laughs> yeah go. yeah you're that guy no, right. You're the I, I felt. I know what you're talking. I know where I, you were going. Yeah, yeah, you listen, were going. Like, yeah. if you could see my face, I did the. Uh, yeah. And I was like, uh, no, go on. I, I don't want to interrupt. No, go. I was just being an asshole. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> I'm sitting here with like a green light. Go. He's gonna right. be holding on to a cliff. He's like, no, go ahead. It's fine. And I'm like, bro, why are you being such an asshole right, right. now? Right. Like, come on. <laughs> Damn it! What are we talking about, y'all? No, so it must have been, so Shamar Moore of all people. Is yeah, like, like one of your first celebrity clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you were making his his caramel just glisten, right? Uh, all the way glisten. You started realizing the importance of, of just like networking and word of mouth because you know the internet wasn't popping. So what what were those like? Because that must have started to be a whirlwind. Like you had your little loyal client base. You're starting to meet photographers and different makeup artists and just like being called into shoots and you know it's such a fruitful time because you've gotten your technical groove you've been doing makeup on a lot of people it's like it's becoming right mm-hmm. you 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 have that like foundation and now it's just about running mm-hmm. right um what were the what what was that initial period like like take us through the different clients and just like just a different experiences that you had doing makeup like mm-hmm. i'm sure there was times you got in a situation like what the fuck am i doing here yeah yeah uh, dealing with different yeah. types of people but then like building your own confidence and and how these things kind of play out mm-hmm. i i think you know number one i have i work with a lot of really dope women like a lot of older women that you know i have one client her name is amber And she teaches me so much about just business and like, you know, the way to be my girlfriend, Ariel, that works with Janae as well. They just teach me so much about business. So Mm. I'm, I'm able to learn from them and I'm still learning every single day. But when I first started out, first of all, I didn't charge anybody within like the industry for the first year of me doing makeup freelance. Like, really? Yeah. Cause I was still working. Intentional. 
because I felt like this is my first year. Like, let me get let me get good enough to where I'm confident enough to say this is my art and this is what I want to charge you. You know what I mean? And I was still working um, at the rest. This is when I went back to the restaurant for a little while because I was like, OK, I'm, I left Mac have a little bit of clientele. They don't need makeup every single day, but I have to do something to be able to pay the bills, you know? So I just kept juggling that, but most of my energy was going into doing makeup. Yeah. And then I just, I, my girlfriends would want to go to Vegas or go to Miami and I would just be like, no, I got to stay here. Like I got to get work. Like I hustled, like I missed out on a lot of fun times, even though I had a lot of good times, but because I was just so dedicated to this vision that I felt like God gave me and I know that I can achieve it, but it takes discipline and it takes, you know, just being on top of your shit to really make it happen. You know, you had that instilled in you at a a young age. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just use that same blueprint that I saw my mom doing that. Mm. I'm like, I know if I keep on working hard, I'm going to eventually get there. And, you know, I, so I went from... What was that like, that first year of, of not charging? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. when you started transitioning into asking for payment mm-hmm. and also, like, establishing your prices, kind of, you know, asking around, seeing what people are making, mm-hmm. did you ever feel like, okay, I don't... How do I position this where I'm not getting taken advantage mm-hmm. of? And, like, how do I break from this shell? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in all these endeavors... The pay your dues element is there, mm-hmm. right? But it becomes a pay your dues and know your worth mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it just becomes a, a murky area for for especially when we're so young in our paths. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? That kind of like transition and okay, mm-hmm. we're starting to get regular work now. I don't want to be at the restaurant anymore, so now I'm going to put a value on my work. Yeah. It was it was interesting, but a lot of my clients helped me. They helped me understand, you know, like I would say, oh, my prices. I think when I started to charge was like sixty five dollars or something like that, you know, and that's like for a full glam. You go out for the night (coughs) and some of my clients would give me a hundred dollars and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe my art is worth a hundred dollars. So then I charged it. I bumped it up to like seventy five. And then they would go higher. And so I'm like, okay, so they kind of helped me understand my worth, Mm. you know, and that still happens now. Like I'm still learning in that area 100 percent. You know, I think just as an artist, me constantly growing. And I I think the hard part is a lot of people get caught in the illusion of like, oh, well, this is makeup and you're having fun. But it's like, no, but this is how I feel like my child. And even Mm. though it looks super cool, but it's still my job. You know, I just have a cool job that I get paid for, but it's like, this is a business, you know? And I feel like I've gotten to a really great space of respecting and loving myself enough and my family enough. Mm. Cause if I don't charge someone, then I automatically am like, if I don't charge someone like that's taking food off of pieces plate, like Mm. no. And when I think about it like that, I'm like, no, this is what it is. You know, you just got to be firm and have something. I think having something to live for does make a big difference as well. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. When you transitioned, um, going back to what you were saying, just, you know, kind of starting working at the restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but having that discipline mm-hmm. start, was that tough living in L.A. and kind of changing your state of mind, going from going out, partying in Hollywood, being excited about living in the city? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you worked for Mac, a massive mm-hmm. store. I mean, the, the place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when that click happened, how, how was that part? Was it really challenging? Did you, was it, um, a struggle at that time or like kind of locking down and, and putting in that real work, which also comes that real sacrifice? Yeah, it was definitely hard. I think, I think one of the harder parts was not being able to see my family as much as I wanted to, my mom and my sister, you know, it's like, you want to, I wish I could go down there all the time. And it's like, I know mom, I know Nat, that you guys want to see me, but I'm like, I'm grinding because I see this vision and I know that it's going to happen, you know? And it's like, I think that's the hardest part is just having to be away from your family. You know, even now with peace, like I wish I could be with her 24 seven, but I'm still my own individual and I still have to walk on my life, you know, my journey. And it's like, so just finding that balance, you know, to where I'm not beating myself up or feeling bad about it you know yeah did you mm-hmm. ever feel or have moments where um you were discouraged because of how competitive the industry is and you know i, I could i guess compare an analogy to like music where um if you're an artist and you're, you're grinding and grinding and grinding and it's just not panning out or it's just taking way longer than you thought and those moments of feeling broke just start to sink in and you're like maybe i should do something that's a little more secure uh, maybe that once dental path kind of sounds nice right now. I, mm-hmm. I just need that paycheck. I need some security. Did you ever go through those moments while you while you were on your grind as a makeup artist? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I go through those moments now because mm-hmm. right now in my space, I, I feel like I've mastered makeup and I feel like it's it's just such a big part of myself and I'm the kind of person, if I have an idea, I'm going to try it and I'm going to achieve it because I know the formula to how I did other things. You know, I know I know that success to me means being happy and having peace of mind and trying and exploring. You know, of course, the money part comes along and we all want to be, you know, live comfortably. But it's like when I'm trying things, that's when I feel successful. But that's so, incredible. That's a, yeah, yeah that's, you know, because it's like, especially that's right an now. Mm-hmm. Especially a lot of right are now. Too scared to even try it. Yeah, but it's like if you're scared to try, like what, ha- like what if that leads to something like so great and you have no idea? So, I I have a good way of of the conversation that goes on in my mind to be able to bounce it back and forth. Like if I have a negative thought, then I'm like, no, 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 don't like the way that that feels. Wow. Like I really have to my mind goes a thousand miles per hour. I'm a yeah. real artist, you know, and we're, we're thinkers. Like we think ourselves, some, some of us think ourselves crazy. I mean, look at Einstein, there's a lot of people, you know, but how did conversation, you learn to, to use your thinking and your thoughts to your benefit? Was it mm. always like that? Or was it like, did it take time to kind of go through the craziness in your head um, mm-hmm. and, and find a way to harness and channel that energy Mm -hmm. because like to be able to it's crazy because i feel like so many of us know what's right Mm -hmm. right we may watch a ted talk and be like yeah yeah i completely get that that's what success is yeah i feel that but one of the biggest differences there's a difference in knowing what's right Mm -hmm. and implementing it Mm -hmm. because going through something and being in the trenches of it, it doesn't sound as sexy as like the principle the, the itself. fantasy of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So did, did you, how did like harnessing that come? Was it always there? Was it innate? Did it, was it something that happened early on or was it that just through time 
you were able to, or maybe it was like a huge moment of just defeat that you said, you know what, like I understand the importance of my thoughts and, and the importance of channeling mm -hmm. my mind. And this is, I know my mind, so now I need to just make sure that I put my, my mind in check every time it veers left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I learned a lot of that in books, you know. I read a lot of books about self-help and manifestation and spirituality. And I think I've always done it subconsciously. But once I'm conscious of it and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like playing tic-tac-toe. Like, yeah. you know, it's just a matter of, like, I'll, I keep going back to the word blueprint because it is like a blueprint. You know, once you know how to do the formula of one thing, I feel like you can apply that to anything in your life, you know? Mm. And and if you're conscious of it. If not, you're, you're probably not going to pay attention. But I also believe that, let's say we do listen to a TED Talk and somebody is saying something that you're like, oh, that resonates with yeah. me. But then when you go home, you probably necessarily don't do it. Yeah. But I think our spirits... And our and our flesh have to both come to a place of like, this is what we're going to do next. This is where we're going to go, Absolutely. because it might be something that's not for right then and there. But yeah. maybe your your spirit knows that it's going to happen in the future, if that makes any oh, sense, absolutely. you know. So, yeah, it's crazy because like one of those TED Talks for me was the Simon Sinek start with why. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like one of the first times myself and Gavin met too. like we were talking and he was going through. We'd met a bunch of times, but this is one of the times where we had like a really like deep conversation at AJ Roland's house. Mm -hmm. He was uh, working with Overdose and kind of at that stage in his life where he was like, I don't really want to be doing this music shit. Mm -hmm. like, I want to do my art shit. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like drilling it into him because I saw that speech and I like I had it manifested as an idea, mm -hmm. but I'm over here talking to myself through Gavin at that mm -hmm. time. Like, bro, like, do you wake up in the morning and want to get it for them? You like, you, you gotta love this shit. You gotta wake up and want to run out. And I'm over here in my head, like, <coughs> believe yourself, believe yourself. You gotta do this too. Yeah. You know what I'm when you talk to people, and, uh, yeah, yeah, you're talking but to yourself. Yeah. That one for me, it, it's crazy because it has such a huge impact. But it took me so long mm -hmm. to really like. I was searching for the why, mm -hmm. as opposed to the what. But it it took me so long to really like internalize it and be able to. Not only be vulnerable enough to like go after it, but just be able to seek it and seek it openly and be willing to put out into the into the world that I don't know mm -hmm. these things. Yeah. Can somebody help? Yeah. Because I'm helping everybody else mm -hmm. and I need something. Right. right. Now. Like I need somebody to talk to. Yeah. Even I think even I think that goes to this new thing that I just started with myself is like self inventory. You know, mm. like you have to <clears throat> when something makes you feel like sad or uncomfortable or just emotions that probably don't leave a positive effect on you for the moment. It's yeah. like you have to pay attention to that and honor yourself and love yourself, you know, Absolutely. and trust yourself. Um, what yeah, made I you that what made you was that just come from like books and just like your readings and just honestly, I just building your life. I just listen to the spirit when the spirit says move and learn this and do this. I just try to catch on to it. There's sometimes when I'm not obedient, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do that right now. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with that later. Or I'll, you know, I'll deal with this thing. Yeah, I'll do this later. But for the most part, I ask God for guidance and I, sometimes I get an answer. Sometimes I don't get an answer. But right. when I do, I try to move on it as quickly as possible. You know, mm. Mm. when you going back to when you were uh, having your first clients, 
Um, when did it start to really pick up where you're like, oh, this is real. I can make this a, a real career for me mm-hmm. and steady and grow this and build this. Mm. Honestly, like w- as soon as I had got Shamar Moore as like a celebrity client, that's when it started to start moving quickly. It wasn't like, a oh, in two weeks it was booming. It was yeah. like, no, like every three months I would get like a cool little new amount of clients. And a lot cool. of it was word of mouth. You know, once I did one person or one shoot, it was like they referred somebody else. You always met one. Anytime I was on set, I would always meet one person there that I would always end up doing their makeup, Wow, you know, and I, that still goes for today. Like you it's know? crazy how intimate makeup is Ooh, for people. So like you literally yeah. are giving somebody mm-hmm. their face mm-hmm. that they want to see. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, everybody has imperfections mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's what makes us perfect. But when somebody goes to somebody for makeup, it's a very mm-hmm. like, special thing yeah you have to have trust and -hmm. it's just kind of like there has to be a deeper connection if somebody's gonna let you um Mm. glam them up yeah right yeah how how was that for you because like i feel like you you're you're built for that Mm -hmm. just from the standpoint of like not only are you an artist and and great at your craft but you just have the ability to connect on a deeper level with human beings. So I feel like, just like with dudes and their barbers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like women and makeup artists mm-hmm. is like very similar in that you just open up to people. Like, how have, how have those conversations been and how has those relationships been mm-hmm. um, being so intimate with, mm-hmm. with the people in which you're working on? That's why I keep on doing it mm. is because of the human connection. Like, I love psychology. I love human behavior. Like, I love that shit. I, like, live for just just connection and talking and understanding and relatability and being vulnerable. Because as soon as somebody gets in my makeup chair, I'm like, I'm going to tell you something that's about to change your life. Or you're going to tell me something that's going to change my life. Like, we're gonna, it's an exchange of energy. And there, there is a point in my career I would always be afraid to tell people no. I would just be like, oh, I got to do it. Like, it's a client. But even if I wasn't really dealing with their energy, it's like, really? uh, like well, her energy, like, she, be, she makes me anxious or, you know, she makes me feel uncomfortable if I'm doing her makeup. But I got to a point where I respected my art and my space enough that I'm like, if I'm if I don't like your energy, I'm not touching your face like period, because I have to like this is such a spiritual practice and it's such a beautiful thing that it's like <coughs> if you don't understand that, then we just can't like I just can't do it to myself or you, you Can know, it take a long time to get there. Or? Yeah, because it's scary. You're saying no to work. You're saying yeah. no to your only income, you know, mm-hmm. but I just had to have faith in God and in myself that me being picky with my energy and knowing my worth, like yeah. you said, is like. I'm going to be good. I had to read, I think Kanye has like a little baby table, um, like a table book, like, or what is it? Like a coffee table book, right? Okay. It's like a little small one. And he just has like random little quotes in there, like little things. I'm like, but that shit is powerful because I read in that book, it was like, you have to know your worth, like how much to get paid. Like you got to know your worth, you know? And once I read that book, I was at my friend's town in Korea. I mean, my friend's house in Koreatown. And I was like, damn, like I really, ha-, and I'm, it marinated for a long time. And mm. I'm like, once I started to do that and understand that, I'm like, oh, I'm valuable. Like people do need me. And if you don't yeah. see that, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, weird. it's weird. I think a lot of people undervalue themselves naturally. Yeah. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, we, I mean, we've all experienced that. Shit. Um, I don't, it, yeah. it's weird because it's, I often would get confused about it because I didn't know if it's, 
one of those things because you're so desperate for money mm-hmm. that you don't want to lose the opportunity yeah. by charging too high. Yeah. But and two, maybe not being super confident with your stuff, with your with your skill mm-hmm. or your service. And when you're trying to grow a business or do something entrepreneurial, you kind of walk that line of when do you say no to a client or when do you just yeah. take on everything because you need to. Yeah. But I think over the years, I've realized the same thing with you is that saying no to someone, it may in the short term lose business, mm-hmm. but because you're going to build the right business with the right clients, yes. it's actually going to be a way better, way mm-hmm. bigger, way more profitable business mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're doing it the way you feel you're at your best. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's a very short-term kind of long-term mentality to have. And I think saying no to the, to the wrong oppor- to the, to opportunity that's not going to be beneficial to you or make you feel like shit or you don't want to do, I think those are like very, very valuable moments. Mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. no is also like saying yes from the standpoint of it's a decision being made, mm-hmm. yeah. a conscious decision, mm-hmm. right? If no wasn't said when it needed to be, needed to be said, your life would take a different right. path. Right, totally, so absolutely. That no can take you into it's a different totally way. different path. Yeah, it's like the it's like moving with mm-hmm. intention. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. those yeses could clog up the lane, but like that no. It may be seen as a loss, but it's really a gain because right. that no is an outlet to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's is, a beautiful observation. <laughs> which is funny because often the no doesn't have to do with money. Like mm-hmm. if someone's like, oh, I can only afford this. I don't think I would really say no to someone. Right. Absolutely. If I really yeah. like fucked with them yeah. and really like believed in them um, and they, they maybe don't make money or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. at, at all. Like, but someone could, you know, provide a lot of money, but be a total asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, mm-hmm. I can't do this. Like, once I know <laughs> once, when, when your job is like it's because it's, it's a delicate dance. When your job is your passion, mm-hmm. and and it's an art too, which is also a very weird space. It's a delicate thing. You don't want to like wake up and hate that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to wake up and be like, "Fuck, I." hate doing this because I hate the people I'm working with or working on. Especially mm-hmm. in a creative element. In an yeah. intimate, creative yeah. place that like you can make money doing so many different things, all the jobs you've had. Mm-hmm. If you really needed to make money, you could go out and make money. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I can go be a waitress somewhere. But we're like, talking about building, right. yeah, building right. your career and building your business. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's a, a really important moment. Uh, to uh, I, I like hearing about those moments about saying no and kind of understanding your worth. I think it's one mm-hmm. of the most challenging things. I, especially as artists, it's very, very difficult. I also, I had to hire an accountant because I'm like, this is, it's, it made me so uncomfortable. I'm like, somebody has to, and she, but then I, I'm able to be an artist and she handles that side because I'm like, I recognize I'm creative and this is my space and I'll pay you this <coughs> amount of money a month to give me this part of peace of mind. You know what I mean? One step closer to my definition of success. You That's know? incredible. I'm like, and she loves to do it. So it's like, why not hand this, that hard thing that I'm fighting myself inside for and feeling bad for? Like, you just help me, you know? And yeah. it's per- it works out perfectly. That's <laughs> incredible. It, it frees up, you know, it allows your mind to be yeah. 100% focused on that one thing that you're really, really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also think is another important like principle when any time in business is 
you know, hire people or get people to do something that you just don't want to do or not good at doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I should say not good at doing versus not wanting to do, but because you got to really go kind of like that principle of, you know, one inch wide and 10 miles deep, like mm-hmm. find your focus and go really, 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 really in on it. Mm-hmm. If you want to be really, really good, mm-hmm. you know, don't spread yourself too thin. Don't be cheap. Don't not ask for help or not ask for, you know, support or hire mm-hmm. people, you know? Um, Absolutely. I agree with that hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. When did, when did you and Janae meet and how did that relationship happen? Was, was Janae, um, really established in her new found solo mm-hmm. run or was it like you guys had known each other when she was you know coming back into the limelight because one one beautiful thing about Janae is that when she first started coming back it's like really beautiful voice doesn't perform doesn't translate as well in the live performances growing 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 stronger 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 we like I've been able to see it grow with like knowing Brian and Mac and like it's crazy when you hear such a beautiful, delicate voice and then have it in a live setting and it, it it's such a different element to captivate that same emotion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's been such a beautiful progression to her. To she was always She's always a superstar in mm-hmm. Aura, mm-hmm. but it's such a beautiful um, growth into the the just incredibly talented, immensely powerful female vocalist that she is now. How did that relationship start with you? Mm -hmm. And what really clicked with you guys that, you know, you guys have been rocking? Mm -hmm. Well, I was the fan of Janae when I was in sixth grade, like B2K days, like back in the day. And I've always like, oh, I feel like I know her, you know, by the magazines and like pull out all their posters and so I definitely have been following her for a while, you know, and yeah. um, literally I remember I was in my car and I think I was like five or six months pregnant and her song came on the radio and I was like, I would love to do her makeup one day because I feel like I could really master her look. Like she's a very beautiful girl and she just has like these really awesome features that are different, but she's also very natural and I've, I'm like, I feel like I can definitely have fun with her. Then, like, literally maybe a week and a half, two weeks later, her management called me. And they were like, Janae needs a makeup artist. Can you How come out and do... That? Was this yeah. random? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was random. Wow. But the crazy thing is, Gavin wow. knows Ariel, yeah. which is her manager. But I called Gavin and I was like, I just want to tell you a thought. Don't say anything. Just kind of let God and let the universe kind of do its thing. You know, but one day I'm going to be doing Janae's makeup full time. Like, we're going to be doing dope shit. And that's exactly what happened. Literally. Wow. I was I was driving down Fairfax. I told Janae this story, I think like probably four or five times. I'm like, this craziest shit is like, obviously my spirit led me to this moment, but yeah. also there's so much beauty and manifestation right here. You know what I yeah. mean? And l- really listening to that voice and trusting that voice mm. of like, go and get it. It might seem impossible. Then fucking two weeks later. How important is that? Two though, weeks like later, that little voice. Yeah, you you got that's your guide. Yeah. That's your guide trying to get you through life. You know what I mean? You got to listen to that thing. <laughs> when, when you for real, when you when you brought up, um, you know, you you can do a lot of cool things with her look. Like really feel like you can add to that. Um, I'm kind of curious about your vision when and how you approach makeup in terms of um, because look. Uh, 
being being a dude, bro. <laughs> dude, bro. <laughs> I uh, my 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 education on makeup is very very limited. Yes. Um, I actually put a lot of foundation on. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of was just talking for a second about the, cr- yeah, your the craft cr- of your, it. Yeah, the craft and your creative kind of vision as an artist doing this. What do you when you see someone or when you when you're your approach to someone? Because when you said that about Janae, I was like, oh, that's interesting. You already kind of had a thought about what you could do for her mm-hmm. versus um, again, my uneducation would be like, you know, she call you up, tell you kind of what she wants. Mm-hmm. And but it sounds like you kind of take the lead on. And, and, and are part of that process of see it in advance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your creative process? Well, definitely. One thing that's good about Janae is in our relationship, she knows how to speak the makeup language. So she's very mm. easy to communicate with. She knows what she wants. She knows how she wants it. And she challenges me every single time I go and do her makeup because it's always like, let's let's do this and let's do that. So it's such a it's a creative effort that and there's days where I'm like, oh, Janae, like this is really hard. But she she really pushes me to be the best artist that I can be, because when I do it on another person, I'm like, oh, this is a piece of cake. But it's because the week before Janae challenged me to do it as perfect as I can get it, you know. Yeah. And she's she's successful. She's she knows what she wants. And yeah, that's actually easier to work with instead of somebody being like, I don't know what I want to work. With. You know, I don't know. So. When I see, when I think about beauty, I definitely don't see a lot of makeup. There's some clients that I've seen and I'm like, oh my God, your eyes are so beautiful. I just want to put chapstick on you and that's it, you know, and that can be my touch of makeup or somebody has bomb eyes and I'm like, I just want to, it's almost like I like to enhance what somebody already has and I don't like to go against it because there's people that, you know, would get in the chair and it's like, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. Well, guess what? You and Kim Kardashian don't have the same (laughs) eye shape. And you don't have the same nose. You're not going to look like her. But if you're saying you want a flawless type of look, we can do that. So my biggest thing is there's times that I've had clients and I have to tell them, like, look, this is what you want. But I can't give that to you because I'm not that kind of artist. And I know my ability and I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. That has to be well received, though. Like, it, it's I mean, be- yeah, they're, they're always like, you know, thank you for telling me. But it's like I have to because you're going to be unhappy and then I'm going to yeah. be frustrated with you. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to go there. You're but it's also kind of, you know, important to think about that for your reputation. You don't want to say, like, just be a yes person. That yeah. Says, Yes, I'll make it happen, and then you do it, and you're like, <coughs> you fall short because it's really not what you're. You, you're just trying to please the client, um, right? You know, so it kind of like you you want to make sure you're going to put in the best work mm-hmm. as, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. do you have a when you the way you approach makeup? Do you have a lot of input in um, what you think would be just amazing for people, or is it more a collaborative process? Yeah, or usually. Does it depend person to person. I mean, I just give them an option. I'm like. You got a picture you want to show me that you want to look like or you want to just let me do my thing and be creative. And when I say that second part, people are like, do what you want to do, because I think some of them probably have. They know. it. But when I come, when I talk to them with power and I talk to them with confidence, they're like, go ahead and do what you want to do, because it's like you're you're choosing me and you're paying my price for a reason, you know, and. I mean, I don't know about other makeup artists, but I see myself as a fine artist when it comes to makeup. You know, I. I, I, it can be so minimal and it can be so extreme. It's yeah. like, it's just how I'm feeling, how you're feeling, you know, 
but I always vibe out with people's vibe, you know, and, and what they like. I'm like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, where do you work? And did it because you can you can kind of tell what kind of girl wants There's what a lot of like information to be gleaned from that. Yeah, totally. I'm like, so what don't what don't you like about yourself or what, yeah. you know, and they'll be like, well, my nose is like a little bit this. And then while I'm doing makeup it always seems to be the thing that they're so insecure about is the most beautiful thing about them. A lot of women that have like really big eyes or big lips, they're like, I'm like, oh my God, your lips are so perfect. Like, it's so crazy. Your lips are in trend, you know, just like jokingly. And they're like, oh my God, really? I would always get made fun of. So it's such a like self-esteem thing at the same time. You know, I, when I'm doing makeup, I take it on a deeper level, you know? I think that, I think that really plays to your benefit in terms of just a, a craftswoman, in, in in your love of psychology and human behavior and just like people in and of itself because you wouldn't be able to connect with your, I guess, canvas, if mm-hmm. you will, as deep mm-hmm. and have that kind of appreciation for it if you didn't, if you weren't willing to like understand it mm-hmm. um, and the finer points of it. It's, it's crazy because like it truly is a fully immersive craft. Um, and for yourself to like, I love it. Like that's so powerful to me for you to be able to say like you're a fine craftswoman, like an artisan at this mm-hmm. point. You know what I mean? Like it's not just a job, it's not just a um your passion, but it's like you, you I love the fact that you hold yourself in such a high regard now. Mm-hmm. Um as a culmination of your experiences. Um so you started working with Janae when you were 5 months pregnant no 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 i started working with her no okay so oh you 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 said that you wanted to work with her i think i said i wanted to work with her like i think some it was almost actually i think it was later in my pregnancy because i had just had peace yeah so it was definitely later because i remember we always talk about like oh my god when we first started working together like you had just had peace she's so small yeah so it was around that time okay and i was super fearful to be a new mom and have work and i'm breastfeeding and i'm bringing my pump with me to work okay to that point you're a brand new mother yeah you're a young mother yeah right yeah um First of all, I'd like to just give a hello. Uncle Nushi loves you to, to Princess Peace, beautiful daughter. What up, Gab? You good, baby? Um, Lord. No, but how was that? Because, okay, you just had a baby. You just got a client that mm-hmm. you've known you've been connected to for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You're the type of person where you have that, your mother's single mother drive, but now you have a home that you're building, right? But you have that drive where you want to be a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But you also have that resolve where you know, like, shit, I can educate myself to the maximum, but I still have to go through this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to deal with all the left, right, and, and center that being a new mother or mm-hmm. a new parent mm-hmm. um, brings. How was that, mm-hmm. Right. Getting this client and this client not just being like, oh, this is a very like pronounced businesswoman and, you know, she comes into the shop or I go to her office mm-hmm. and this and the other. This is like a superstar artist mm-hmm. and you're brand new with child, young mother, entrepreneur, makeup artist, you know what I'm saying? Thinker, writer. How How is this for you at this point? Like, are mm-hmm. you freaking out? Are you... Well, uh, how are you like even like 
thinking about attempting to balance it. Mm-hmm. We had just finished um, Welcome to Fairfax. And I remember one of the producers was telling me, she was like, oh, you look so good for, you know, just having peace. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, I'm getting back into work, blah, blah. She's like, oh, don't worry. Now that you have a kid, like the work is going to wait for you. And me owning my own business, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like my business is slow. Like, what am I going to do? You know, my clients are considerate of the fact that I just had a kid. So, you know, they're not trying to call. But I think one of the biggest things that helped me with it was talking to Gavin's mom. That yeah. definitely helped me because she helped me like balance out like you can I'll help you when you go back to work and Gavin as well. But I have a boss that has a child, a daughter that right. understands everything I'm going through. You know yeah. what I mean? That's telling me like what I'm feeling or what I'm going through with peace is normal. You know what mm. I mean? So that, that is another to, that thing. That be beyond comfort. Oh, and I think that is so meant to be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's. That's not really heard of. Like, you know what I mean? I get this, like you're saying, I get this superstar artist that I've been watching since I was in middle school. And then now we're talking about our kids and you know what I mean? It's like. That has to be trippy. Well, yeah, yeah. It's trippy all the time. Like, especially pieces like, mommy, you going to do nene makeup? And I'm (laughs) like, yes, I'm going to go do nene's makeup. And she always wants to come and she sees her and she's like, nene. So it's just, so it just turned into like this family thing. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. Just when you get to that mother level, when you relate with other moms, oh, psh, moms be letting all the guards down. Yeah. Like mom, yeah. the mom community is the shit. If you're in the I right community. You. Yeah. It's like they're just they just let it out because it's yeah. like I don't have nothing to hide. Yeah, you know, we I, all I crazy. Put, I put a child you realize in how earth. crazy you are. Welcome to the club. <laughs> very real. Tell me something a human being came out of me. Okay. Tell me something. Yeah, you right. Can't, you, can't, right. you can't tell me shit. Right. Nothing. I'm like, mm. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I created a human. Yeah. Okay. You can't do anything. Yeah. It's done. That's the queen of the universe right there. Uh, absolutely. It's crazy. Um, okay, I want to pause this for a second. I got to go to the bathroom a little bit. And we're back. But you didn't know that because we edited it. But now you do. <laughs> Then she had to go to the bathroom, you know what I'm saying? Chopping. Had some tacos el galito. I hope you washed your hands. I did wash my hands. <laughs> I actually am one of those guys that like wash my hands every time. Like I'll be giving the side eye to cats. Right. Like, just, like ooh, just you dirty. Out. Like low key, I want to be like, oh, you just go walk out? Right, right. Or where are they sitting at? I'm looking at them the yeah. whole time. What are they touching? Oh, are you about to shake a motherfucker's hand now? <laughs> Dude, oh, as, okay. as a kid, I was like, eh, I didn't really wash my hands as a kid. Yeah. But as an adult, you're like it's a game if changer. I, if bro. I look at the bathroom, I'm yeah. washing my hands. Yeah, and there are some people I'm like, that oh, there's like, a bathroom over there. And I gotta wash my hands. Right. It's crazy because there's some people that like it's just ingrained in them that they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even at work, like there's a few people that I just know don't wash their hands. <laughs> And <laughs> in my head, calling, calling people out. Right, here we go. Hey, oh, shoot. No, I'm not naming no names, XYZ. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like crazy because you're like, bro, like you don't wash your hands. Like, I don't want to dap you up. Like, when was the last time you went to the right. bathroom, bro? Oh, my God. God. Damn. Right. But back to the basics. Um, so this is this is going to be beautiful because this is actually going to, the, the conversation turns to, I want to talk about how the experience is for you as a makeup artist and the difference it is for you as an artiste of your everyday clients and also like working with somebody like Janae. Mm-hmm. 
How is that different for you and how do you manage those expectations, if you will? Honestly, from my perspective, it's all the same. You know, I treat all my clients the same. I give them the same treatment, the same. I'm going to make the same jokes. I'm going to be myself. You know, I treat them all the same. It's like, especially with Janae, because she has such a humble personality. You know, I literally feel like she's just like my friend. We just happen to do really cool art together, you know. So how is it? Yeah. How is it being on the road? Mm-hmm. with an artist like that like that yeah that has to be incredible experiences yeah it's i've always wanted to travel that's i guess that was another big dream as a child mm-hmm. i wanted to travel and see the world and see how people are different but it's it opened your mind so much you yeah. realize like maybe your small world's there's a huge world yeah, out there. Yeah, I'm like, the world is big. My, I thought that my concerns or what I was thinking, everybody else is probably thinking, you know, it's like people are chilling, especially in different countries. Like people aren't really on their phone like that, you know? And I'm wow. like, oh, that's important to like put your phone down and do normal things, you know? And it's like, it, it definitely opens your eyes to per, like, you know, a different perspective. And yeah. especially when we went to South Africa, it was like, you see like, you literally see it look like feed the children type of things, but like the people are happy. Like they're not, yeah. they're not upset or, you know, of course everybody wants to be different or maybe what they see on TV. But for the most part, like that's kind of like their day to day of, of what they do. And to yeah. us, you know, it's sad, but it just shows you what you have back home. Like be grateful, you know, at each place teaches you something different, you yeah. know, but it's helped me free my mind. I love meeting other people and hearing different accents and eating different food and smelling different parts of the world. Like, yes, it changes that's my your favorite perspective. Shit ever. Like, yeah. You know, what's crazy. This always <coughs> happens to me. You guys, a yogi. Do you guys know what a yogi is? Yeah. A yogi. Every time I'm in studio city about every time when I'm at a very pivotal point in my life, a yogi always randomly finds me and will tell me like, Oh, this is what's going to happen next, right? So this man specifically, I was like, at a time like, man, what am I going to do? Like, I just had peace and I feel like how many my business picking back up? Like, you know, just kind of like all trying to figure it out in my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, especially because I had just went through postpartum depression with peace, which was like wow. hell what's and back. Like? Yeah, what was that like? Lord, this that part is very difficult. But let me tell you this first part first. Okay. So this yogi comes up to me. And he was like, you're going to be traveling the world. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, hmm? out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Where was this? Like, I was sitting at uh, what's that burger place on Venice in, in Studio City. It's um, right next. Oh, what? It's like a famous burger place. Like not shit. Uno, but Umami, Umami oh, Burger. Okay. Sitting outside eating a veggie burger. And this Indian man just came up to me and he was like, you're going to be traveling the world. And he said some other things that hasn't fully happened yet but i know it is so i don't want to say it okay but he was like you're gonna be traveling the world he was like you're gonna be traveling a lot a lot a lot he didn't want anything from me and literally just told me his little message and then just kept it pushing then <coughs> then wow and then this, this happens multiple times this you? happens to me a lot yes At every pivotal point in time a yogi just steps up in there yes knows where to, to find you but i really feel like i feel like those people are like messengers from God, Yeah, you know, because 
I have a very, you know, I have my own relationship with God and I know that I always ask for guidance. And it's like, I feel like in that time I was having a very difficult time in my life. And I feel like that man came around to kind of just let me know, like, you're going to be good. Yeah, that dream and what you're wanting to do is still there, but mm. I'm just letting you know. But that gave me a push of like, wow. all right, I'm doing something. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going the right way because another messenger came and told me, you know, but then the craziest fucking thing. Sorry if I'm not allowed to cuss. You are allowed to cuss. You guys, you like cuss. two weeks later, this is very familiar. Two weeks later, that's when they already sent me a message like, hey, um, the, the dates that we had you on hold for South Africa, we're going to go. And I'm like, what? I'm like, dates? Nobody ever told me dates. Literally two weeks later, she sent me that text message. Like, we're going to go wow. to South Africa. So I'm, I call my mom. I'm like, mom, remember that yogi man I was telling you about? <laughs> I'm like, guess where I'm about to go? This is so crazy. Wow. Because it happens so often. So when I when people come up to me and tell me that, I really listen because I'm like, they really stir me to be like, no, you're going, you're going the right way. Everything is good. That's wild. It's crazy. It's the craziest that is, thing. That is <laughs> that's, that's freaky. It happens. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say that's freaky. But I always just know that when I'm going through like a pivotal stage in my life, I'm just gonna be following you around. Like hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the yogi tells me something too. Yes, yeah. I swear. And I always, my mom would just laugh. You know, she I'm, just laughs. I can just picture it like I'm over there with with, with me and like literally the yogi comes up and talks to her, and I'm just like, all right, work this in the cut. <laughs> tell me. Did he say anything yet? And then he walks off. <laughs> oh, he'll be like, wait, hold on, no, come back in. Like, what about me, bro? Like, you, you hey, get, you feeling the energy? You feel something? <laughs> you're gonna be Shimmy? You're gonna be traveling. <laughs> right. And you're gonna be eating a cheeseburger. Right. You touched on <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my cheeseburger. Um you touched on post. Partum depression. Partum depression. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to touch on that. But first, I want to touch on in this journey. What were some of your most trying times, and mm-hmm. what? What? How did you overcome them mentally? Oh, my most trying times was trying to deal with my emotions and shifting my life because I have peace now. Shifting my my everyday life, and I was very uncomfortable with change. I thought that I knew what. I thought that I was comfortable with change until I had her really? because I had to change literally my, not my whole entire life, but I really had to change like my mind, like the clocks had to be set backwards, you know, and start fresh. And I was learning something new every single day because now I'm responsible for another human being. So your whole mindset like does a complete turnaround on you, you know, and it was hard for me to adjust to that. Yeah, It was hard for me to digest it you know I just didn't I wasn't getting it at first and I think my me being resistant in that time led to being sad and being depressed you know and going through postpartum depression and to get through that I had to see a therapist I had to fight with Gavin I had to you know, I tried to commit suicide because I was just like, what is the point? Like, this is so hard. Mm, I feel like really? I can't get it right. I feel like, why am I always sad? Why do I feel like I'm not important? Why do I have anxiety when she cries? And why, you know, and it was nothing on it. it a lot of people are like, you have to be careful because you never know if you have postpartum depression. Some people might like kill their baby. Like they, you literally go like, mm-hmm almost like crazy but my thank the lord 
my thing was never with peace. It was always me. Like I would mm. always beating myself up, you mm. know? And how was that? Like, how do you, it was just so how do you dark deal with that. Because it's like postpartum depression is a thing, but like you'd never think that it would happen to you. Yeah. Right? You, and it's so, you never know who it's going to happen to, you know? And just now I really feel like I'm, when you know when you had texted me about this, I'm like I'm in a really good space because yeah. I feel like I just came out of this dark ass tunnel, wow. and and then on top of that, the pressure of my career, yeah. the pressure of feeling like I have to create new content for social media influencing and to keep up with the blog, and people are asking me questions and post this mommy thing, and and I was letting the outside pressure get to me and give me anxiety as well, wow. you know. So I'm I'm now coming to. A level of consciousness to where I can understand my own balance <coughs> and going back to taking that self inventory. Like when I feel when I, when I'm doing something and it makes me feel sad, I'm paying attention to the fact of like, Oh shit, right now I feel sad and I don't want to go back to that place, mm. you know? And like I said, I have a therapist that I talk to about happiness, about sadness, about, yeah. but she helps me to understand like you're a human and you go through things and you got to talk to people, mm -hmm. you know, and people can really help you through it by even just listening. So that shit, that shit is real. How how was that with with your relationship with you know with Gav and your relationship with your family and mm -hmm. um, going through that and even you know being vulnerable enough to to say openly that you know there was an attempt at at, at life right mm -hmm. that's that's scary it's it's a scary point to get to but I feel like there's so many people like. They get to a place mentally, whether even if it's not postpartum depression, but people beat themselves up to the point mentally where it's like the light just seems like it'll never turn on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, how did you overcome that? Mm -hmm. Like what? Because it's, it's, it's wild because you think about it, you know, I feel like I grew eight billion times by hitting rock bottom mm -hmm. in my own life. Mm -hmm. um, and for the longest time, I had been, um, when we when we talk about knowing your worth, for the longest time, I'd been placing the majority of my worth in how I felt others saw me. Because mm -hmm. I'd always hear, oh, yeah, Mr. Get It Done, like the music guy, this, that, and the other. And like I felt like I had to uphold that expectation. But at the same time, I was like losing myself in the process, mm -hmm. right? And I'd go out and I'd always like have a smile on my face and everybody's like, Anusha's always so optimistic and this energy and this aura, like, yeah, mm -hmm. the energy, the aura is there, but like cats didn't know I was crying inside. Right, right. Like dying mm -hmm. inside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but for me, it's crazy because, and, that, and that's why like these types of things interest me the most is because... I was always somebody that everybody could come talk to yeah. openly yeah. and I'd encourage that and yeah. I'd always be like, I'm here, this, that, and the other. Um, and But I had been going through something like just thoughts in my head of like, fuck, like mm -hmm. I'm giving, I'm changing everybody's like fucking lives here just from a standpoint of like, you're at a pivot moment. Like here's the, the decisions. Like mm -hmm. A, I'm speaking to myself through them. Mm -hmm. um, and B, I'm like, who the fuck is here to talk to me? Mm-hmm. Like Who sometimes do I talk to? it's that thing. Sometimes the encourager needs encouragement. Yeah, you know, it's like and yeah, and it's like so to me. It's like 
and thankfully, like life happened for me. Yeah. I hit rock bottom in every aspect of my life. And it wasn't like I was strong enough at that time to make a, you know, mm-hmm. I'm changing for the better here. Mm-hmm. I just got lucky that the shit hit the fan. I crashed to the ground, but I was able to really take that time, month later, pivot, boom, and on the path to mm-hmm. where we are now. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't be happier in that moment. But my change came from external forces crashing yeah. down on me. Yeah, totally. In your moment of that like ultimate vulnerability, how did you overcome that? Who did you go to? Was it, you know, the family? Like, And it's crazy because it's like, it's such an intimate time and it's such an intimate thing. Like, that's deep. Yeah, totally. And like, you're asking yourself, like, I'm feeling this way, but I just have a child and all these different things are going through your mind. Mm-hmm. How does one overcome, like, how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think at first it's confusing because it is, oh, I just had this child, this beautiful thing. Why do I feel sad? You know, you don't understand your emotions, especially because a lot of people don't talk about it. I think just as of recently, I feel like more celebrities come out and talk about it in the public to where people feel comfortable enough to share their story. And but it's like it's important because a lot of women get it. And my relationship, oh Lord, I put Gavin through hell because I was so depressed that he was the closest thing to me that I knew that I could put my pressure on, if that makes any sense. So a lot of times my aggression would be towards him and we would both have to stand tall and make the same thing like you're saying, make it look like everything's happy and everything's fine. But I know, you know, he's waking up and probably getting probably feeding a little bit off of my own depression because it's like you are who you hang out with eventually you're probably going to start to feel sad as well you know and that made him go into something but at the end we come out stronger together you know but yeah I I just think it was just very confusing but my point when I was like all right we got to get it together I was tired of being sad I was going to therapy I was ruining I personally (coughs) feel like I was ruining my relationship more and more and more and that's when I was just like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Like, what's the point of even being here? Like, what if I just kill myself and then I don't have to worry about it and peace will be fine. I literally was thinking about like, peace will be fine. She has my mom. She has Tia. Like, wow. you know, she has all my wonderful friends. And it's like this whole thing I played out in my head. And I'm like, yep, sounds good. So I took pills and didn't work. We go to the hospital and they wouldn't discharge me. And I'm like, so me and Gavin are there and... I'm like, all right, like, they're like, no, you have to talk to the psychiatrist, you have to talk to the psychiatrist, like, blah, blah, blah. So then finally, the psychiatrist comes in, and she's a mom, and she has two kids, wow. and she went through postpartum depression as well, oh, so she man. just related to me automatically, and she looked at me, and she was like, you need to get on an antidepressant, because I was very against, you know, I'm, I like to do holistic things, yeah. you know, I like to eat healthy, I like mm-hmm. to take care of myself. I'm like, no, not pills. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to take Lexapro. Like, I don't want to do, you know? Yeah. And she's like, it's either that or you're going to be right back in here because you need help. And it's just a chemical imbalance, which is okay. And it's not in your control, but you have to treat it as if, you know, it's, it's anything else. That's what T would always tell me too. She's like, you have to treat it as if almost like it's a cancer and you're trying Mm. to get rid of it. So 
she was she was telling me she was like you know I went through postpartum depression for I think like two years with wow. her first son and she was like I don't even remember those two years that and she was brutal. like she she told me she was like do you know how sad I was to not be able to remember that mm. and then finally one day she's like oh and then I went on medicine so she told me she was like it's either that or we like we take your kid because you're an unstable parent oh my God. and so I'm wow. like oh my God like you you know people see my relationship with peace and I'm like what you can't take this i'm really about to jump off a fucking bridge you know so once she told me that i was like all right i gotta do medicine so i had to get on lexapro just to kind of stable me out yeah and once i did that i got to a point of like okay i'm feeling a little bit more comfortable and there's a lot of times where i had to go on and off because i'm like okay i still don't understand these emotions and i see that they're coming you know arising (coughs) as i'm doing certain things yeah um so then i just got to a space of like when i was on tour this summer when I was on tour, I was like, I don't want to take this pill anymore. Like, I feel like I'm not supposed to take it. And every time I would go to take my vitamins, that would be the only like prescribed pill. You know, everything else is like this bunch of healthy shit. Yeah. Like you would have no, you, it wouldn't make sense to the average person that came up to vitamin case. Yeah. And every single time I went to take my mouthful of vitamins, that would be the only one that would fall out of my hand it would be the only one that kept missing it for almost like a week straight and I had already pondered on the thought and then the last time we were at a hotel I think in Atlanta and it dropped but it fell underneath the TV and I was like yeah I'm not supposed to be taking this anymore and I just took the bottle and just put that shit down the toilet and I was like I'm not gonna do it anymore so from that point moving forward I I started that's when I started a lot of self-inventory you know um, what makes me feel anxious, what makes me feel sad, what makes mm. me feel happy and just being real with my emotions, like almost like I'm a child, you know, I'm trying to, to hone into my inner child because I feel like that was the thing that was hurting that maybe needed to be healed. Wow. But also it's the postpartum journey helped me to understand there's a lot in my childhood that I personally didn't deal with that came out in that instant. So it's like wow. deal with it right now because you have a kid and you yes. need to be powerful for her. So then it's like, all right, I got to do it. I got to go to therapy. So it's, it's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's so weird how we're kind of like in this society where people don't actually talk about their emotions or it's, it's even yeah. looked down upon, like even saying the word yeah. therapist has this fucked up connotation like you're crazy. Like, oh, you yeah, have to like, see a therapist. Like, yeah. in most people throughout their, their journeys go through, deal with emotional struggles or mental struggles yeah. um, that have nothing to do with oftentimes, you know, money or things like it has nothing to do with that. It has so, It's so much has to do with other things like mm-hmm. you looking at yourself, um, maybe not being happy. Maybe it's not dealing with childhood things that are coming out in different ways. Like you mentioned, um, all these things. And we just unfortunately don't live in a society where that's usually accepted publicly. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, but almost everyone we've talked to goes through kind of those reflective moments or those tough moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, Anoush has been through it. I've been through it, you know, and it's, it's just interesting to think that, oftentimes those are very the real challenges um Mm -hmm. you know along people's paths and uh dealing with it is something we should all encourage more yeah you know and and learn about and and be accepting of um i'm not saying that to preach it's just like some real shit it's like yeah you you know going back to you nushi saying like well what about me i'm listening to everybody's problems but what about you you know yeah and for me it was also i was 
to be honest, like it's very similar. Like I was just too scared to like. Yeah. What What if What if people What if I'm not as good as everybody yeah. thinks what, I am? And that's the thing. What if it's, like it's, am I Am I a fraud? Like what mm. if What if I like try that and then like mm. fail miserably? Yeah. And then, like, this whole persona is evaporated. Mm. It's like, oh, my God, do you're, I, you're do exposed. I wanna, do right. I want to expose myself or do I want to just stay in this pocket of, like, oh, yeah, that's noosh. Mm-hmm. Like, over here shining. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. Is, 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 and that's the thing, too. It's like, I'm sure with you dealing with not only, like, your professional career and this uh, amazing opportunity to work with Janae is happening and you just have a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's like th- dealing with those feelings of almost, uh, I can guess, like, some guilt is probably in within those emotions of like, wait a minute, you have this great opportunity, you got a baby. Why are you sad? Yeah. Why are you f- even feeling yeah. like, like you shouldn't? Yeah. But um, no, it's it's really real shit, and it's it's more about dealing with it versus trying to uphold of what you think you should be or how you should be acting or how you should be feeling. Right. Um, you know what I think the answer, one of the answers is to that. They got to teach mental health when kids are younger so they can understand their emotions and understand yeah. like, you know, just like their limitations or when Anoush feels sad, like why you feel like this, you know, just to be honest with your emotions. It's yeah. like, cause a lot of people are not learning that in their household. Like my mom was a busy single parent. She didn't really have time to really like sit down and really help us to understand our emotions you know and it's like that's not her fault but it's unfortunate that you know you kind of have to learn another way but I feel like if they put that in the school system it's a wrap if you take away PE you gotta at least put that in there something for the mind I'm like it's wild because you you be kind of opening up the exterior and just being very vulnerable with the interior like is something that we're all very scared to do yeah, um, because of perception and because yeah. of judgment and all these things. Mm-hmm. But what we begin to realize is that those who are able to let, first of all, even take that journey of mm-hmm. openness, like mm-hmm. whether it's internal to external or having something happen in your life where you just realize what really needs to go down. But what I realized is after after the world came crashing down and there was no way to hide it, mm-hmm. right? It became so cathartic to me to openly speak about that, mm-hmm. right? Because like, and it was a trip because like going from that to like getting a new gig and then like getting a, getting a crib and like having all this new responsibility and being able to really like move quickly into building your new life. I really took that time to like, Go talk to my friends and just see where they were at and 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 hear different people's stories that we I may have been cool with, but like I don't know your journey. Mm-hmm. And it matters to me. Yeah. Like I don't want to know who you are just because like, oh, it's hype. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like whoever you are, especially creatives, like there's so many people that we're friends with. If we if we really think about this shit, there's so many people that we're friends with that we like know, but we just know of them, and yeah. we, or we just know like that they're good at what they do, or we just know that they have a good aura and an energy. Mm-hmm. But like you don't know what accumulated for them to get there, and like knowing that to me is so beautiful because you appreciate the road mm-hmm. more. Yeah, right. And I just felt so much better, and I realized how. Many people opened up because of how open I was with my flaws 
imperfections, mm-hmm. dreams, wishes, goals, aspirations from a standpoint of just complete and open honesty. Mm-hmm. And it's very it's very comforting too. Yeah. yeah. Like um you know the moment um where the doctor came in and immediately related yeah. with you you're like, "Oh, wait, wait. I'm not I'm the not only this one." Is nor- this yeah. is, this, this like, cuz you could feel very isolated in that. Yeah. Yes. And I think that isolation and that's what that's what, what kills the spirit. Yeah, that, it's like it's the mix of that isolation and not feeling that it's okay to talk about this because yeah. your perception that mixture is very very like deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a fucked up mixture because the second someone's like, "Well, yeah, I, I went through that," and it's, yeah, it's normal. You're like, "Oh wait, mm-hmm. it's Hold a, on. It, I got this." It's a trip because like. You know, even thinking about it for me, it's how beautiful because, like, I it's so re- like I relate to that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like for me, it's like it's crazy thinking. I was like, damn, like I was never the kid that I was motivated by the fact that everybody told me I wasn't going to be shit. Mm-hmm. Like I was the kid that everybody's like, no matter what he does, he's going to be good. That's why I think it like went on for so long because I knew everybody knew I was going to be good deep down. I knew I was going to be good, but I was just losing it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And just being able to openly speak about like what we're scared about exposing is actually the most beautiful thing yeah. that could ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone can relate to it. But Everybody. Yeah. But and that's that's our truth. You know what I mean? Our that's our spirit. It's like yeah. and that's our journey. And it's it's so unfortunate that we don't really <coughs> know how to just you know, we're all so afraid of our own power. Mm. And I think you start Very to true. get to a space of like I'm the shit. Like, you really have to tell yourself that you're the shit. You know what I mean? Because that's not a bad thing. No. You know? I think having confidence and walking in power and being conceited are two completely different things. Yes. You know? And it's like, when you know, like, I can look in the mirror and be like, you're the shit, Fee. Like, Mm. you're the shit at what you do. But for it took me a really long time yeah. to understand that. So now that it took me all that time, oh, I'm for sure about to stare in this mirror and be like, shit. you, you the, the shit, shit, girl. <laughs> the girl that was in the bathroom trying to kill herself, girl, you the shit. Because look at you now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you go through so much to where you're like, let me be nicer to myself. Yes. You know? Because our thoughts dictate. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. You, you, you got to be careful. And oftentimes along the journey, you lose yourself. Yes. And that's 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 a, a very strange thing that happens. Yeah. You're so busy chasing uh, the quote unquote dream yeah. or the opportunity or, you know, the money mm-hmm. or the career and, and that you actually lose yourself yeah. in the moment. And you don't even have time to, to sink your teeth into where you are now. Mm-hmm. And you feel so separated about that because you're, you're in your mind, you're living a, a, for what could be or what mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. versus what is really happening right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think one, one thing for this podcast is like, you know, showing that light, showing mm-hmm. that, that now and, um, you know, what, what the journey is really like. And it, there is no end point, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's about becoming at the end of yeah Mm -hmm. if you if you know that like nothing's permanent Mm -hmm. and it's about just growth Mm -hmm. then that changes the scale of expectation i feel absolutely you know what i mean like i feel and especially in la and especially in in the the fields of entertainment and media yeah it's a very cutthroat world from the standpoint of perception yeah and expectation yeah and 
and what does this look like, mm-hmm. right? And the beauty is, is that we're all human beings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like Felicia, the artist, the blogger, the 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 influencer, right? The 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 girl boss, right? Is different is is different than the Felicia Latour, the human being. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the sensitive girl that has lived a life, the sensitive girl that had a single mm-hmm. mother that she looked up to, that was a strong woman that has a child now, that's in a relationship that goes through life, mm-hmm. right? That wakes up, feels gorgeous one day. That the other days wakes up and says, "Why am I this way?" But then mm-hmm. that we appreciate, right? Right. So like, it's crazy how expectation really dictates, but like. The more in tune we can become, that's why I'm really a big fan of Eastern religions. Mm-hmm. Because like, the more in tune we are with self, and the more we're able to just like strip out all the, the bullshit, layers, right? Right, the layers back. You realize the beauty and the purity of of the quest mm-hmm. to understand oneself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like with us and like developing as human beings, it's like the answers are in the questions. Mm-hmm. there's no real answer. Mm-hmm. But the answer is, are you willing to search for it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and to that, let's just, like, that's a beautiful scenario into, now you're you're building your business. Mm-hmm. Your daughter is the most gorgeous, <laughs> Thanks. little bunch of life. <laughs> um, and you incorporate your daughter and your family into a lot in, into a lot of things that you do. Yeah. And I think it's incredible the relationship that you have with Gavin and just like everybody in our circle that like everybody's just so creative mm-hmm. and collaborative. Yeah. Um how how has it been in building your overarching business, mm-hmm. right? Makeup is your foundation. Mm-hmm. But now you're a voice for the the mom community, mm-hmm. right? You also have a voice and you're the type of person that knows the worth of your voice and knows that you want to use your voice mm-hmm. to push mm-hmm. people forward or to open things up or to enlighten mm-hmm. uh, people about, you know, becoming, mm-hmm. right? You have a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, you utilize your your social media channels to convey your messages mm-hmm. right which are gorgeous mm-hmm. Thank right you. how how is that how has that been balancing all of that and mm-hmm. how has it been for you in raising the bar of your expectations and attaining them mm-hmm. you know i think <laughs> i think the main thing was i saw how much preschool is and I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Because I want her to go to a good school. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, all right, let's, you know, let's just jump a little higher. And I've always raised that bar. Like, let's mm. let's get to the next part, you know, especially because I started to feel just more comfortable and feeling like myself again after the whole postpartum, you know. Yeah. And it's like you just do it, you know. You yeah. just I don't, I don't know. Just you kind of just do it naturally. Okay. And and it's all become about her now. Yeah, well, everything seems, is yeah, about her. Seems the motivation has, has has changed a little bit. Yeah, um, something to really live and work for. You know. How's that been? 
it's it's but just great. from the perspective of a mother mm-hmm. like. it just helps me to have fun and it helps me to really um because my thing is i'm not going to spend time away from my daughter doing something that i don't want to do mm-hmm. you know or somewhere i don't want to be so it's like it just helps it me it to be. To, it makes it easier for me to like kind of just weed through the bullshit of things yeah. that don't waste your energy on this or waste your energy on that, you know. So it, that helps me stay balanced. I think it, it, it's difficult to say the word balance with a two-year-old because every day she's changing. Like yeah. last week and this week she's potty training. So my <sighs> schedule, there's a shift in my schedule, you mm-hmm. know, because she, I have to make sure I'm alert and I'm aware. So, you know, I have to make sure I'm scheduling my days properly and, and my schedule week changes. I mean, my schedule changes every single week. So it's it's a constant like balance. And I think that's the life that I chose. And it just happens to be that instead of juggling two balls, now I have to juggle my three with the daughter, you know. So it's like you just learn how to start to juggle and you just do it. And I make her a part of you know, my blog and all of those things, because it's like my blog and, and all of that is me, you know, it's like my brand is me. So when I'm growing, my brand is growing, you know, and I take my, the people who follow me on a journey, on a life journey and it's real. And it's, these are things that I'm experiencing and all I know is my truth and all I know is my journey. So it's like, why not share it since there's not a lot of other people, you know, I like to put myself in a category of almost like an Oprah Ayana, Ayanla, sorry, type of vibe because they're just like these two strong women that are like just being such a an influence for yeah. a large mass amount of women that are so many different races and really help wake in or you know um, wake up their inner magic you know i Mm, I just posted a video on that it's so interesting so that keeps me inspired when i get emails of a bunch of moms that are like i've been going through postpartum and i'm so glad that you said something because i didn't know and people send me emails like i wanted to commit suicide like literally everything that i always put out somebody always lets me know like you're helping me so i'm like oh i have to keep going like even though i there's times where i'm like oh i don't know if i should share that but when i feel like that i'm like i feel like i should really share that because that's probably something that somebody really needs you know a lot of people will say like you help me not commit suicide like it's crazy how 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 wild of a feeling is that I just snapshot like the messages and I send them to my little sister and I'm like, look, I'm like, it's working because we always share dreams, you know, and our thing is like, I, we love to help people. So when I'm able to, to me, it's so cool. I'm like, it's not somebody being like, oh, your makeup is pretty, but it's like, oh, you saved my life. And I'm like, that's fucking tight. Right. You know, that's, that's tight. And especially me being so vulnerable for someone to say that and give such a compliment. Absolutely. I'm like. All right, I'm me being vulnerable is helping lives, like literally saving souls, you know? Like it's a big deal. Like and that just shows the power shit. of you. It's yeah. crazy. It's really I mean, crazy. And and for you, what does it mean to be a strong woman? <sighs> I think to be a strong woman is being aware of yourself and having a certain level of consciousness to where you respect yourself, you love yourself. And you kind of just learn to start operating from a space of love. But 
to be a strong woman, also you make mistakes and sometimes you're in a bitchy mood and sometimes, you know, you're, you're still a human being, but just to know your power and to stand with integrity, you know, it's like women, we're so strong and we give our power away a lot to men. And I think a lot of that is painted by society, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's like, of course, you know, it's a collaborative effort making a child, but I'm like, but the woman is the one that's carrying it for nine months. Yeah. You know, and the woman's the one that spits it out. And the woman is usually the one that's there with the child and teaching it certain things the most. And I'm like, like when I look at some woman, I'm like, you got to understand your power. Like we're running shit, but we just, society has just changed, like just really fucked with our minds to yeah. make you feel like we're not. So people don't know how to tap into it because there's not enough leaders, you know? And I, I recognize that in myself and it's like my audience is from like 18 to 28. And I'm like, that's a pretty big audience, yeah. you know, that's coming out of high school and going into like almost 30 and all these people are listening and they all just want the same thing. Just, to understand and accept themselves and love themselves and to walk with power. We all want the same shit. Like we it's, all want the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We, you know, when you mentioned, you know, what society, you know, does and, and giving your power away from a woman, yeah. giving your power away to, to men and the, the gender issues that we experience, you know, in this country and across the world too. Yeah. But it's what's always been crazy is like, you know, when you when you think of a strong woman, unfortunately, like the first word that can pop up is like a bitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. She has to be tough. She right. has to be mean. She has to be this bitch that, you know, in order for that woman to succeed. Yeah. Um, or be, quote unquote, strong. Yeah. She gets associated with that, mm-hmm. you know, which, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to hear you not speak from that standpoint mm-hmm. at all. And, Absolutely. And shed, light on on what it really means to be yeah um a strong woman and influential and know yourself and respect yourself and walk with integrity yeah um and not there's such a strength and awareness you know what i'm really glad that you guys just brought that up because within my field and my position it's the music industry is usually like a male dominant thing you know it's very much male dominant and my personality is i'm extremely friendly and sometimes people can take that the wrong way. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm I'm never disrespected. Men still know their place, but I don't have to be a bitch. Like there's there is a difference between a bitch and a strong woman. Some women are strong women, but they're bitches. And it's like I take a completely different approach. Like I'm a strong woman, but I'm also nice and I'm respectful and yeah. I you know, I'm goofy and I'm so many different things and that always throws people off, you know, and it's like good because this is another definition, you know, of, of that picture that you're painting. I'm like, be a bitch for what? That makes me unhappy. That's not tight. (laughs) Like, no, but if you step, if you cross the line, I'm definitely going to check you. And after that, we're probably going to end up becoming best friends because that happens all the time. Yeah. It's like, there's some men that like try it and it's like, nah, bro, back up. Like, we're nice and I'm being cool and I'm listening to you, but don't cross the line, you mm. know? Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, incredible. It's like, if there's one, if there's something that you, you could tell peace as she's growing up, right. Or essentially just all the young girls in this world. What, 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 what would, 
what would you want your message to be? What would you want to tell them about just the path that they're going to be on and, and just becoming a woman in this world? Be yourself. You just have to be yourself and accept the hard times, accept the good times, and just know that they all it all balances out at the end, you know? And I'm not at the end, but there's certain things that I understand at this level, you yeah. know? And I tell my sister all the time, she's like, I'm a struggling college student. I'm like, dog, have fun while yeah. you're struggling. I'm like, because... When I was in school for that year, I was like, what? I had so much fun. I'm like, I had no responsibilities. Mm. And now I'm a mother and I have a business and I have a fiance. And it's like, I tell her, I'm like, just have fun. Like, just be yourself and have fun. Take it in stride. Because also life is temporary. Like, we could die tomorrow. And you over here stressing about a school loan? I'm like, Mm. girl, if you don't wake up and have fun, because they're not losing no sleep over you. They're going to get their money regardless. (laughs) So just relax you know you gotta have and i think that's a daily reminder to all of us you know you gotta just have fun and just try to and and when it gets too serious deep breath it's all temporary and just take a damn yoga class they'll teach you some good stuff Mm -hmm. yo my chaturanga's on smash (laughs) (laughs) my vinyasas are just on (laughs) flow That's fun when you can just be flowing through the class. Hell yeah. You feel like it's like music. It's crazy because I'm like a husky motherfucker, but like I'm flexible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So interesting. What an interesting uh, view. (laughs) Painted a funny picture. My downward dog is on like just like level 10. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Felicia, it's been absolutely incredible um, talking with you. And like to be honest, like this is such a beautiful episode to me because. You know, behind every smile, there's a story, mm-hmm. right? And you have an absolutely gorgeous smile, and your your energy is 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 the most pure and brilliant um, that I've come across. Thank and, you. And you know, just know that my life has been affected by you being in it because of just seeing how pure your soul is, and also understanding and 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 having some light shed on different instances in your life it just brings so much more volume um and shimmer if you will to who you are as a person and thank you so much for taking the time and coming and talking with us um and i really i really can't wait for people to to hear this story um and hear these layers within you uh because you know we're human beings, and that's what comes first, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's incredible when somebody is open enough and vulnerable enough to come speak about their journey um, with utmost honesty and truth, and being on the path that you are. Yeah, I mean, for me, not not knowing you, just meeting you, you know, a few minutes before we sat down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, the, I have a very high respect and gratitude for for you coming on here and expressing yourself as openly. I think that's very, very tough for a lot of people. So I yeah. very much appreciate you, you know, coming in and, and sharing that. Yeah. Um, Fee, where can people find yeah. you on the interwebs? On the interwebs. Um, Instagram at Felicia Latour. YouTube.com slash Felicia Latour. Okay. Um, and then the website is Fee Love, Fee, F-E-E hyphen, love.com. And yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, connect with Fee. Uh, she's awesome. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you so much. 
Want to get a new she? Mama, we made it!